story. continuation from however many months ago. I know we had hung out with Bigfoot. I mean, uh, I could find that. Found it. Yeah, we went to a city, but then we left the city, and then people were hunting us at one point. I feel like there might have been some and devil then, dogs. Let's see, let's see, let's There's see where we were on. at. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. The answer is no. We are not continuing. I think I might have deleted. I have no fucking clue where we were in that story. I also, I think I might have deleted. High mystery. Have you ever disappeared? (laughs) No. Have you, then I guess you've never reappeared. I mean, if you like count closing my eyes. Okay, then then you've <laughs> definitely disappeared and reappeared. But then have you disappeared again? Oh, have you ever out of it. <laughs> have you ever died? Well, this guy did. On High Ministry. <laughs> you believe in uh, reincarnation and multiple lives and we all have. Did he die on the podcast? What happened? No, no, but he's about to on this podcast. Well, uh, no, he's not going to be like sacrificed. Is it Jesus? This guy's dead. <laughs> talking about Jesus dying and coming back to only die again? This basically is the modern day Jesus on High oh, Mystery, wow. the podcast. I'm Robert. I'm Tristan. I'm Colin. We're back. Back, <laughs> baby. Back baby uh yeah this is the podcast where we smoke weed and talk about mysteries we're still doing that it is (laughs) oh man we you know you might be listening to us on itunes or uh spotify is that how they know it's a podcast probably probably especially if you're on Podbean. oh if you're on Podbean, if you're flicking that bean then you are knowing that this is a podcast (laughs) and we appreciate that you've chosen us to flick the bean To these sultry voices. What have we done? <laughs> yeah, already, already alienating like, our audience. They're back, but did they have to come back? <laughs> yes, and in the defense. <laughs> so the mystery is where the fuck have we been all this time? Nah, that's not the mystery. No, that's it not is a mystery. mystery. It is. Yeah, it is a mystery. Uh, just to let you know, um, I. Robert, the person speaking to you now. <laughs> <laughs> As if they don't, they if they've listened to episodes at this point, they should probably. Know. I, they right. they might have forgotten everything. Could be out there. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, I had uh, cancer earlier in the year. Ooh. I'm free now. I'm gone. I'm out of pretty it. Pretty fun. <laughs> it was a wild ride losing hair bringing it back you know um a lot of ball play a lot of ball play <laughs> testicular cancer was the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah um but uh yeah according to my doctor i couldn't smoke weed during that entire time uh and that's why we haven't really been able to do any episodes so really like the worst type of cancer i mean like death, <laughs> death cancer is really bad but like it's taking your balls and <laughs> like the only good thing from that is you can be like oh yeah me and tom green we got something in common yeah that's true you see tom green We're ball right brother. off the bat yep, yep. Icebreaker right there. yep Hey, you have one ball, right? I have one ball. <laughs> Together, we make a normal nutsack. <laughs> Lance Armstrong, how did you get in here? <laughs> Are there any other famous people in this room? No? Okay. No, right. no, no. All right. All right. Part of a nice, popular club. <laughs> hey, all those are small guys. Yeah, it's a solid trio. Uh, But yeah, for Actually, like... I don't know either of them. 
personally. So. <laughs> I don't Tom Green's pretty Tom great. Green's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got to imagine Lance. Well, he cheated, but I got to imagine he's a pretty fun dude. <laughs> <laughs> a guy who likes to bend the rules. Yeah. You wouldn't want to date him, but maybe hang out. You know? <laughs> I mean, Cheryl Crow did. Yeah. So, I mean, can't be too bad. <laughs> Something common with Cheryl Crow. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I was sober the entire year, and so I've just only now, recently, now that I'm finished with the cancer, back to smoking. Uh, and this will be like the first real, truly proper smoke session that I've like been in. You didn't smoke the XLG during the I did, but it was between a lot of people. Oh, this is, fair. you know, we're we're oh. three strong smoking yeah, yeah, three yeah. strong. That's different <laughs> from like fifteen people. Exactly right. Or I mean, I do have to ask, was the first smoke equivalent to virgin lungs? Because I know, like, even, yeah. for example, Ariana went out on a business trip and couldn't smoke for, like, a week. And when she came back, just, like, not the whole blunt, but, like, maybe the first couple of hits of the blunt, it was like, whoa. <laughs> and then, like, your tolerance was, like, back to normal, like, yeah, instantaneously. Yeah. I mean, but... I was immediately high as fuck, but I don't think, like, my lung... Uh, like, I wasn't coughing a bunch after that first puff right. or anything like that. But, yeah, my tolerance was way low. I was, like, one baby jeter between three people. And I'm, like, I'm good for right now. <laughs> for, like, today, I'm good. And then it was, like, maybe a couple days of that, a couple days of two baby jeters. And then, yeah, I, only recently have I been smoking the XLs and double XLs. So, yeah, you eased into it. You didn't blow out the cannabis receptors immediately. Right. No, like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I smoked as much as I felt comfortable smoking, as you should, along with us on this, what we call a podcast. <laughs> Smoke that <laughs> weed. To be fair, everyone's calling it a podcast. <laughs> it's not just. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, the funny thing, I need that uh, lighter. Okay. I got a clip and everything, but no lighter. We're, we're, you know, we're new at this. We're still wet behind the ears. You think we're seasoned professionals here, but no. uh, it's been a little while. I mean, it's like riding a bike for me. I'm back. Yeah, <laughs> the grains out of your eyes. It has been a little while since I've lit the hemp wick. Oh. But we are lighting this blunt. Light the blunt. That's actually a joint. Oh, yeah, I guess it is a joint, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> you can call it a blunt. I mean, labels are labels. Yeah, right. Wait, is this the... It identifies <laughs> as a blunt. Is this the one gram pina colada, Jeter? This is... It smells pina colada. The one gram pina colada, Jeter, that we got at Jeter Mart... Jeter Mart. Not yeah. gonna lie, I may know weed a little too closely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it smells pina colada. Yeah. See, if I, mean, I knew that was one of the flavors out there that could be smoked today, I would have jumped on that. I spotted it right across the room. It was actually from a pop-up. Uh, Jeter is doing mm -hmm. these Jeter Mart pop-ups, which they didn't plug me to say this or anything. <laughs> no, they should. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, God, seriously. if we could get some free Jeter. But if it's uh, it's hopping up all over the city at different dispensaries, they go in and like like a food truck for weed. Kind of, you get you do any purchase and they give you a free joint, and then there's like a little swag bag and nice. that kind of stuff. Yeah, but uh, this um, has twenty three point. Uh, oh wait, no, sorry. This has thirty four point one zero percent THC and zero absolutely dick all nothing cbd 
No, none of that CBD in there. So not that. a single bit. But it tastes like a pina colada. It is very tasty. Um, it is tasty. It is one gram. And uh, we're, getting, we're fucking getting into it, guys. People enjoy, like, you know, flavors. I feel like the Jeters are good. They have, you know, it's not like uh, some flavors are, like, too synthetic-y or whatever. Or overpowering in general. Yeah. But they've, they've really hit a nice, I don't know if it's because it's, like, a terpene flavor, which is different than, like, a synthetic flavor Maybe. additive yeah. or whatever. But it's they figured I it out. I feel like there's something on the wrap of it too, maybe. I might that just be, might be. There must be a little bit because that's how they get the keef to stick. Yeah. You know, you can't really get it to stick to just a plain wrapper. It has to be some kind of sticky substance. I don't know. Someone from Jeter, if you yeah. wanna come tell us, explain your product that we smoke all the fucking time. Yeah. Literally every day. And then also hang out and hear a mystery. I mean, yeah. that could be the mystery. You could tell us. It would be a very <laughs> short mystery. How the, how the hell did they get those cheaters together? It was just a guy that came over and Googled it. Not often do we solve mysteries uh, outright. But. Yeah. Rob's, so, yeah, Rob's our mystery man today. Uh, yeah. So what are we um, talking about? Well... I alluded to it in the opening. I don't know if you guys noticed that I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty subtle with my with, with my intros, but um, <laughs> this is the disappearances oh. and death oh. of Charles C. Morgan. So he didn't really like get pronounced dead and then walk up around after that. It was more like it's, he disappeared, yeah. was found, and then died. Well, we're going to get into it, guys. I know it's a mystery. I, everybody's on the edge of their seat. <laughs> I mean, I am a boy <laughs> in order to talk to this microphone. <laughs> Charles Morgan was a successful 39-year-old businessman and president of his own escrow agency in Tucson, Arizona, when he first disappeared after driving his two daughters to school on the morning of March 22, 1977, only to arrive back at his home three days later. So, okay. He drives his girls to school, drops yep. them off, love you, Yeah. Uh, shut up, you're not my real dad. And then, <laughs> they, and then he drives away. Yeah. And, and then wasn't seen again for three whole days. But did they file, like, missing persons report? He's got a wife and kids, I guess. Or I, mean, I yes. imagine it was someone's job to pick the kids up. Probably his. It didn't happen. The it, wife yeah. was pissed, had to go pick up the kids. He's on another bender again, that Charles Morgan. Right, no. ready to just, like, tear him a new one as soon as he gets home. Yeah. Doesn't come home. Wife okay. doesn't leave the seat. She's stewing there for three <laughs> yeah. days. She's like, he's waiting for him to come He home. got lost again. He'll find his way. Okay, so he's missing for three days. Pops up again. Shows right back up. What does he say? Was well, this like, hold on. Was this, like, a... a a Walter White situation, like uh, is he a secret state, drug lord? I mean, it did feel like that at one point, but basically, according to his wife Ruth, Charles was missing a shoe. He had a plastic handcuff around his ankle. Plastic. Plastic. That's like for sex stuff, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and his hands had been tied together with a plastic zip tie. Wait, Whoa. his handcuffs and a zip tie? Yes. Seems a little that, excessive. That seems less sexy and more fucked up. Right? <laughs> Especially zip ties. I mean, it could still be sexy, but... I, I also picture, like, the worst kidnapper ever. Like, he puts the plastic ones on, he, like, just breaks them. It's like, <laughs> God, oh, oh, man. What a 
what ah jeez all right i got zip ties <laughs> told you don't skip on the price <laughs> i got him here dave <laughs> you're the one who went to 99 center for her restraints <laughs> charles was unable to speak and could only communicate through pen and paper excuse me <laughs> He, he wrote down that he had been kidnapped and tortured and that a hallucinogenic drug had been painted on the inside of his throat and that it would drive him insane <coughs> or kill him if he ingested it. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> In stereo. Uh, just that I wanted to be like, hold on a how is he not gonna ingest it? If it's, it's painted, painted on his throat. I guess he can't swallow any saliva. It'll just wash into his system. How do you control that? You My don't begin moist. <laughs> it must be strong. Turn off your saliva. Do it. You stop salivating right now. He asked Ruth to move his car because he did not want them to know that he had returned home. He did not say who they were. He did not want Ruth to call the police because a hit would be put out on his family if she did. Oh, man, I'd be shitting myself if I was Ruth, that's for sure. Yeah, it sounds right? like a, you know, a bet gone wrong or something like that. <laughs> it certainly seems like he owes somebody something. Yeah, well, Bucky's right? after him or something. Why would you torture somebody and put a hit out on their family? <laughs> Less... Massive gambling debt. Mm. For <laughs> the next several days, Ruth nursed Charles back to life, feeding him with an eyedropper. As Charles Slowly scraping the poison yeah, off right? the back of his throat. <laughs> I guess I guess it was wearing off, or maybe just slowly getting into his system enough to where he wasn't insane or dead. Just tripping balls, right? Fed him with an eyedropper. An eyedropper, yeah. That's gonna take a long time to get that seafood bisque into his mouth. <laughs> Golly. It's like, can we upgrade to a turkey baster? <laughs> As Charles began to regain his voice, he revealed to Ruth that he had a secret identity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that he worked as an agent for the federal government that fought against organized crime. Oh. oh, okay. That's, you know, it tracks. It's a solid story. It's, yeah. It is, is a, you know. I mean, we've never talked about his physique or anything like that. So, like, is this guy, like, he, does he look like he could be a secret agent? or like... No. Okay. <laughs> he, I've seen a, his picture. He's, like, uh, I he's mean, no James Bond. No, he's exactly who you would think uh, he looks like. Um, just, like, Bald, a little overweight, old. Oh, that's my stapler guy. George Costanza. <laughs> uh, yeah, George Costanza. Basically, George Costanza. Stocky and bald. Stocky and bald, and I think he had like a mustache. He didn't. He didn't look cool or federal agent e <laughs> or like young. Well, his deep the, cover. Yeah, sounds like the perfect federal agent to me. Right. So yeah, who knows? you know who's to say. All just a fat suit. Yeah, exactly. Or, or you know, mask. they just need pudgy, unassuming type guys. Yeah. You know, everybody will clock that dude who's ripped in a suit. Sure. But, uh, but I'm just saying, if you were casting for a federal agent, <laughs> you, would, you would cast this guy. Yeah, this no, guy no. looks more like this the... guy went in for Bob Hoskins. And, <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> in every role that Bob Hoskins. Yep. Ever did. 
Yep, this guy looks like he does the secret agent's taxes. He called mom and said, Mom, I'm up for the part in Super <laughs> Mario Brothers. I got you. Uh, he claimed that they had taken his treasury identification. So I guess he worked for the Department of Treasury or something. I don't know. Okay. Uh, he said that he escaped his captors at Phoenix's own beautiful Sky Harbor Airport. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't add the word beautiful, but it's implied. Sure. Right, the right. glory holes yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> They're padded. <laughs> you don't know your airport glory hole guys. <laughs> They're padded. They're scented. They're great glory holes. <clears throat> uh, after his recovery, Charles became increasingly paranoid. He grew a beard to disguise his appearance and began wearing a bulletproof vest. Oh. That's why I have facial hair. Yeah, you have facial hair to remove to to hide your identity. That's right. I <laughs> oh, shouldn't be trying to be a, an actor on TV then. I was oh, gonna say, what, what you do, Tristan? <laughs> That's the real question. <laughs> he continued to take his daughters to and from school and instructed the school to not allow anyone but him to pick up his daughters. I mean, that's standard parent stuff, right? Well, yeah. maybe not even my wife yeah, type of I thing. Guess, anyone. Yeah. On June 7th, about two months after his disappearance, Chuck vanished again. Wait, how long after his first one? Two months. So he wasn't even really totally recuperated. Or well, no, like, are you ever totally recuperated? Like, you're always <laughs> going to have PTSD from being taken exactly. and have hallucinogenic drugs yep. painted on the back of your throat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's fresh enough, though, that, like, scars and stuff. He might still have a plastic handcuff. Uh, yeah. Mark on his ankle. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Shortly before his second disappearance, he told his father that if something were to happen to him, that he had written a letter that would tell them who was responsible. However, that letter was never found. You just told him so there he, was a letter and yeah. didn't tell him where it was? I guess. He was like, if anybody ever got me, you'll definitely find the letter. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. basically what he said. <laughs> Nine days later, and a letter was never found. Even never after found. his death. Never. That's Still to this happen. day, okay. to the, we're never gonna. No find letter. Him. He lied. Yeah. yeah, he was wrong. <laughs> I mean, we know. I mean, that's why this is a mystery. Had that letter been found, I wouldn't be telling you about this. That's fair. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, that checks out. <laughs> Remember at the top of the episode. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Don't have all the answers. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Got it. Nine days later, an unidentified woman claiming to be named Ruth called Ruth and said, Chuck is all right. Ecclesiastics 12, 1 through 8. Ecclesiastics. Do you have those verses? I do. All right. All right. It's It's a little long, but I will do it. I will do it in drama. Okay. <laughs> a dramatic Bible reading. A dramatic reading. Bobby Fred. <laughs> Bow your heads. Yes. I'm so glad I came to the community center tonight. I can't wait for the dramatic Bible reading by Bobby Fred. Yes, I will be very high, so let's hope I don't stumble. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it starts, actually. Greetings, brothers in Christ. I am stoned on crack. Here we go. Will there be crackers after? <laughs> there will always be crackers. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near, of which you will say, 
I have no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain in the days when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men are bent and the grinders cease because they are few and those who look through the windows are dimmed and the doors on the street are shut when the sound of the grinding is low and one rises up at the sound of a bird and all the daughters of song are brought low. Damn, they, not <laughs> they are afraid also of what is high and terrors in the way. The almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags itself along and desire fails because man is going to his eternal home and the mourners go about the streets before the silver cord is snapped or the golden bowl is broken or the pitcher is shattered and the fountain of, or the wheel broken at the cistern and the dust returns to the earth as it was and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Vanity of vanities, say the preacher. All is vanity. That's right, preacher, you vain-ass bastard. <laughs> wow. Little yes. Little I took from that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Little, little Thank wordy. You. Thank you. <laughs> Did I get the punch? <laughs> As Johnny Depp would say, you read that well. Just goes to show why every uh, church has to have a Bible study. It's like, Jesus. Well, I did. What the fuck did you just say? <laughs> First, like, make your sentence more concise. You don't yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, there was... the point. Trust yeah, me, yeah. there were very few periods in that. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, I did look up what the fuck does that mean? Right? Wait, where did this scripture come in again? Help me. Oh, uh, like, that's the scripture relevant. What is the she, last thing he wrote or something? No, no. Ruth, a woman, an unidentified woman claiming Who to called? be named Ruth, called Ruth and just said, your uh, husband is OK or all right. Ecclesiastics 12, one through eight. Um, and that's it. Hung up. Man, I would be so pissed. So I'd be like, seriously, <laughs> you're just going to shout a Bible verse at me through the phone and hang up. Oh. So I did look up what the hell does that all mean. Okay. And basically it's meant faith in Jesus Christ believes we go no place by accident and that our efforts are never made in vain. Therefore, we can walk confidently by the power of the Holy Spirit, knowing, knowing that the time we invest for the sake of gospel will return to us tenfold. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Basically, it doesn't mean much shit of anything. Do you think this is the same group <laughs> that took him the first time? Or is this maybe now a separatist group that is like, hey, we know that you have some intel and you got taken by right. such and such group. Well, we're the group fighting that group. Enemy of my enemy is my friend. Like, I mean, I know. I assume he comes back because we well, hear about him dying. Two days later, Chuck oh. was found. 30 feet from the highway near his car in the San Juan Springs area, shot in the back of the head from his own 357 Magnum, which was lying by his side. Oh, so that's gnarly. Yeah. yeah. Ironically, Chuck was wearing a bulletproof vest at the time of his death. Well, he should have worn a helmet. Yeah. I mean, if you're doing it to yourself. <laughs> If you wanted to shoot yourself in the chest, you would just take the thing off. But he's like, you know, like you're gonna if you're gonna do it to yourself, you're gonna make it quick, I guess. Oh no, no, this is to the back of his head. Yeah, I can do that. I mean, I guess you could, but it's very atypical for yeah. someone uh, 
dying by suicide that way. That is true. Yeah. It's usually up through the bottom of the chin or in the mouth or to the side of the brain. It's very rare that somebody like would reach around to the back of their Someone's head. Someone's just like, I'm going to mix it up. I'm going to take the okay. road. It's not impossible. Not impossible. It uh, seems weird. Gunshot yeah, residue was found on his left hand, but no fingerprints were found on the gun. Was... Uh, and it was the bullet from his gun? It was found, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm about to light us another joint. Cause, cool. Uh, baby Jeter, uh, Maui Wowie. Maui Wowie. It has 41.75% THC, Ooh. as well as Delta 9 THC at 25%. Uh, Delta 9. There's 0% <laughs> CBD going on. And 18.86% THCA. We got a Delta uh, Niner. (laughs) I've heard of this Delta Nine. People were telling me about it. Uh, Apparently, it's pretty solid. Because it's not regulated in the same way that THC is, so they can sell just the Delta Nine THC. Mm -hmm. And apparently, it's fairly comparable. Nice. Uh, My buddy in Kentucky said he bought it at the gas station, and he was like, holy shit! Good job, science. Right? Um, Way to find loopholes. So, where we found him, uh, in his car, police found a note that had directions to the scene of the crime written in his handwriting, as well as several weapons, ammunition, and a CB radio. Directions to the point where they found him? Yep. From where? Just okay. That's interesting. Because it was yeah, it was just a direction. Start point. We know the end point is where they found him. Where was the start point of? It might have been like off of the freeway directions. Sure. I see. Um. Wait. So no, no fingerprints at all. No. Which, he's an agent. He's a professional. You don't be putting fingerprints on your weapons. Or he was executed by a professional. Yes. Uh, somebody That's who true, has to wear a glove or whatever. Not even his fingerprints on the gun, though, right? Yeah, no, no fingerprints. So somebody wiped it down. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta figure that's after the gunshot. <laughs> I mean, the guns could have been swapped, mixed up. He could have ended up with someone else's gun. Sure. Because he did have... The residue on his hand. Oh, he did have residue. He on did his have hand. residue on his the hand. Residue. I guess that could also be a potential gunfight between him and somebody that happened. Right, to with or... whatever gun, and then the gun that's just left with him is then wiped down. That was the gun that did yeah. shoot him in the head. Sure. Sure. He didn't have gloves on though, right? As far as I know, no. Okay. But a piece of his tooth. Uh, was found wrapped in a white handkerchief in the back seat. Okay. Little keepsake. Little little friend. <laughs> or something that just happened to happen to him in the in Yeah, he's days. like, let me just keep this. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, glove box? No, no, not the glove box. Oh, back seat, back seat. <laughs> well, yeah, you gotta spot. save it for the tooth fairy later. That's like, <laughs> at least what? They're giving out like at least two to five bucks yeah. of tooth these days. I mean, with inflation, it might be ten. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't gotten money for a tooth in a minute, so kids, you shouldn't be listening to this podcast, but <laughs> parents, how much... I mean, I guess I'm killing the the secret. By being <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God! How, what's the going rate? Yeah. How much are you giving these kids for a tooth? I, I can't. I hope. I hope and wish and pray that 
our listeners don't believe in the tooth fairy still. Hey, you believe in whatever hope, you want. You know, if they, if Do this is how they find the out. <laughs> if you want to believe in the magic, believe in the magic. So, also, a pair of sunglasses were found at the scene that did not belong to him. Oh. Were they nice, like Ray-Bans? They were pink aviators. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just pulling that out of nowhere. That <laughs> Rob doesn't have a description on the sunglasses. Not a one. <laughs> <laughs> they were definitely the pink aviators. Ones. Pink aviators, for sure. They are the sunglasses you picture most in your mind. Uh, on Morpheus. Oh. That's funny. I know exactly what you're talking about. Clipped to the inside of his underwear was a $2 bill on which was written seven Spanish names in alphabetical order from A to G, as well as Ecclesiastics 12 and arrows pointing to the 1 and 8 in the bill's serial number. What? There's a real, like, uh, that's something that'll just send a code breaker down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Like, Because uh, I assume the one and the eight would then refer to Ecclesiastes, because it's one through yeah. 12, so. No, it's 12, one through eight. So, right. yeah. So, they're pointing at the one and the eight on the dollar bill, so I'm wondering. <clears throat> yeah. There's some kind of, like, code layered into, uh, one and eight of Ecclesiastes 1 through 8. But Maybe. also, who are they planning are going to be looking at his undies? Like, is it mm. a code to, like, the morgue person who's going to be seeing this guy? Who's, like, who's looking at his undies? I mean, if he's a high-level uh, government agent like he says he is, then it'd be other G-men. Yeah, and I mean, like, or this is whoever finds him. This is his message to the outside world. Sure. Like eventually somebody's gonna find me strip my body and everything because that's what you do when you find a jane so i'm gonna make a, a super Doe. cryptic message that <laughs> won't tell anybody anything seriously as we all know the back of a two dollar bill has the signing of the declaration of independence each of the signers on the back of this bill had been numbered one through seven okay also on the back uh, was a crude map which show several roads between Tucson and the Mexican border. The towns of Robles Junction and Sassabi, Sassabi were marked. These towns are apparently known for smuggling. You and... a normal bee? No, I'm a Sassabi. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so two days after his death, an anonymous woman nicknamed Green Eyes spoke to an officer for the Pima County Sheriff's Department on the phone. She claimed that shortly before his death, the two of them were supposed to meet at a local motel. Do you think that's like how she wanted to be described? Or do you think it's like a sexist guy cop situation Uh, where she like uh, told her full name or whatever and he's like, hey, Green Eyes over there told me. (laughs) Seriously? (laughs) He's just like, uh, uh green eyes. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, it's got it's it is by phone. To make me a sandwich. <laughs> the boss, she had the green eyes over here. What was her name though? Oh uh, boy. <laughs> I did it again. <laughs> no, man, he wet himself. <laughs> <laughs> 
she claimed that uh, Chuck showed um, her a briefcase containing several thousand dollars in cash. And he said that the money would buy him out of a gang contract that had been put out on his life. Mm. Despite the overwhelming evidence to the contrary, Charles Morgan's death was ruled a suicide. Really? However, an intrepid upstart reporter by the flashy name of Don Devereaux believed that... (laughs) Don Devereaux. (laughs) What a name. Right? He believes (laughs) that Charles Chuck Morgan did not die by suicide, but instead believed that he had been murdered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man. <clears throat> Go on. Short- yes. <laughs> Shortly yes. after his death, his car was impounded and was broken into while in police custody. At the same time, his office was also ransacked. Three weeks after his death, two men claiming to be FBI agents tore through his home. It is unknown what, if anything, they found. When Don Devereaux contacted the FBI, they claimed they had never even heard of Chuck Morgan. Oh, tricky, tricky. Mm-hmm. There are several theories into this mystery, some of which involve U.S. officials killing Charles because of what he knew, but most of them involve the mafia, which was apparently thriving in Tucson before the 1970s due to a controversial criminal justice system led by former New York Don Joseph Bonanno. Is said uh, mafia gang super religious? I mean, yeah. Is that common? I would, I would, like, I I would think know. so. It seems like every mafia movie has a church scene. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I'm just stuck on, you say banana, and I say banano. <laughs> <laughs> Joey Banano over here. One theory is that Morgan was involved in money laundering for the mafia through his escrow company and that they had him killed because he knew too much. I mean, that makes sense because he he dealt with treasury stuff. Yeah. Right. And they knew too much about it or he knew too much about their accounts. Uh, Within those theories is one where Morgan was warned about the hit from a hitman and Morgan came up with the money in order to buy off the hitman who killed him anyway and just took the money because, of course, that's what a hitman would do. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Wait, is that again? So the hitman didn't kill him but took the money and said he did? No, th- that a hitman warned him there's a hit being put out on you. And he was like, hey, but if you give me 7000 then I can make it go away. Oh, okay. And so he probably came up with $7,000 or whatever, or several thousand uh, dollars to save his life, met with this hitman, and the hitman was like, bang, you're dead. I'm going to take this money and yeah. also take the money that was put I out see. of your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Double win for the hitman, yeah. I guess. That's, that's a real two birds, one stone. Type thing. So, that's <laughs> devious work. That's there. a fucking tip on a job well done. <laughs> that's, that's raw. <laughs> that's a tip of my cap to you, sir. Uh, this case was aired on Unsolved Mysteries in 1990, but was not mentioned in the epi- But what was not mentioned in the episode 
was that Chuck was a secret witness in an extensive land fraud investigation and was even interviewed about it in May 1977, shortly before his death. So he was already in the witness protection program? I mean, not necessarily. He was just secret as in they didn't know who was giving deposition about whatever the hell. But already, like, tied up with nefarious sure. characters. Yeah. Devious. Devious. Devious beings. Ace reporter Don Devereaux did a deep dive into... Deep dive. Ch- deep dive into... Hey, ch- you know who I am? <laughs> I'm Don fucking Devereaux. I'm about to do it. Deep dive. <laughs> You're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm drunk. That's how I read the news, too. <laughs> Don't fucking never <laughs> You used to be somebody. <laughs> Give me my keys. I'm driving my Honda out of here. <laughs> oh, Don. <laughs> Fell so far. <laughs> Did a deep dive into Charles Morgan. <laughs> Nice and high. We got two more episodes to do after this. It's a good day. (laughs) And found that he had been laundering money and that he had been making large gold and platinum transactions. Really? And that he had been compensated from money coming in from Southeast Asia after the Vietnam War. Oh, he was dirty. Devereaux discovered that Chuck kept duplicate records of the illicit transactions. And three months after the Unsolved Mysteries episode premiered, Doug Johnson was found shot in the back of the head inside his car outside his Phoenix office. Wait, who's Doug Johnson? Who is Doug Johnson, you asked? (laughs) I I really that. (laughs) Good job, guys. Way to sync up. (laughs) No one... That wasn't oh, planned. We we're just that good. No, guys. seriously, guys, like off the cuff. <laughs> <laughs> He's no one, but he worked across the street from and drove an almost identical car to hotshot reporter Don Devereaux. Whoa. They both drove the same Honda Civic. (laughs) And they're too close to him. (laughs) It's It's funny that you mentioned that you were taking your Honda home. (laughs) Oh, wow. Devereaux believes the hit was meant for him. Sure. Easy mistake. A year after Doug's murder... You do enough hit, man, for, you slip up once in a while, okay? It all blurs together. <laughs> that's, a, that's a whoopsie-daisy, you know? You're going to take a mulligan on that one. Renan White guy, Honda Civic. Every hit, man, gets a mulligan. <laughs> you know, he still got paid, though. Well, that was nice. Yeah, right? Yeah, Devereaux, so... Um, a year after Doug's murder, Devereaux was contacted by a writer from D.C. named Danny Casolaro. From D. Oh, duh. <laughs> Washington, D.C. Of course, not D.C. comics. <laughs> yeah, I was like, why? D.C. the universe. Uh. <laughs> uh, he claimed could give him information regarding Chuck's illegal gold transactions 
but he too died suspiciously before Devereaux could receive the information. So many suspicious deaths. A short I feel like I'm watching Ozark. <laughs> <laughs> A short summary into his death was that he had been investigating an underground cabal of U.S. officials, organized crime members, and intelligence agents he termed the Octopus. Ooh. And had been involved in several scandals during... Uh, including Iran-Contra, which found that the Reagan administration secretly sold arms to Iran and used that money to fund the Contras in Nicaragua. That's fucking Hydra, man. Right? That's <coughs> when you that's, said the octopus. That's Hydra. That was literally the first thing that came to mind. Uh, the BCCI scandal, which found the CIA used the Bank of Credit and Commerce International to launder money to such fantastic people yeah, they did. like Saddam Hussein and the Median cartel. Say that again. Oh. The CIA laundered money to who? Proven facts. The BNL affair, which, like the BCCI scandal, the White House funneled millions of loans to Iraq through the Atlanta branch of the Italian-owned Banca Nazionale del Lavoro. No, our government wouldn't do that. They're, they got our best interests out for us. Why would they load millions of money to those people? <laughs> and the October surprise. October surprise? Which, Is it like Shocktober? <laughs> it's Shocktober again. <laughs> if Shocktober takes place in October, I guess. Then Shocktober. Oh. Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. Oh. You it's mean... a whole month of celebrating Shaq. <laughs> you haven't seen Shocktober? <laughs> no. It's a whole event. Oh, is, is yeah. he selling stuff? Uh, Does he selling selling chairs? <laughs> Probably. I but love my shack There's like chair. haunted houses and food and... It's all shack themed? Uh, I think he just... Is put, he produced it? He's putting it on? It's, it's called Shacktober. That's all I know. <laughs> you what? go through a haunted house and Shack just comes around the corner. Most <laughs> of my cinnamon spicy... Uh, Remember spicy when I was cereal? Papa John? <laughs> yeah, seriously. The October Surprise accuses that the Reagan campaign delayed the re release of the hostages until after the election so that Carter would not be reelected. That's terrible. Right? <laughs> if you end this by saying one of these people is a candidate, I'm going to <laughs> It's certainly going down that road, right? Oh, time. mentioned D.C. and now it just keeps going to the government. So how did Danny die, and why do I care enough to talk about it? You may be asking. Valid questions. A week before his death, he had told his brother Tony that he had received multiple death threats and that if he were found dead, to not believe it was an accident. Mm -hmm. The day before his death, he met with William Turner, former employee Billy? of... Billy? Yeah, Billy Turner. <laughs> You got a brother? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do, but his name's not Bill. <laughs> a former employee of a major defense contractor. According to him, he handed over paperwork describing corruption tied to the octopus. But the Backdrop. next day, he was dead, and all of Danny's year-long investigation paperwork, including William's documents, were missing and have never been found. Oh. Danny was found naked in his motel bathroom with his wrist cut over a dozen times. Damn. 
Blood-soaked towels were found, which suggests that Danny was not alone at the time of his death. Also there was a bruise on his arm and head, as well as three of his fingernails were missing. Ooh, that doesn't happen by accident. Right. right? <laughs> the motel had the room professionally cleaned the day after his death, which destroyed all evidence of foul play. Damn. Who owns the motel? What's the connection? Yeah, is it the Italian company? It's the Kennedys. <laughs> His family wasn't notified of his death until two days after he was found. Dude, what the fuck? His body was embalmed without the family's permission. An apparent suicide note was found that read, To my loved ones, please forgive me, most especially my son. Be understanding. God will let me in. Wow. God will let me in. (laughs) (laughs) That's, uh, that's, uh, that's all I have on the mystery. All right. It's just all these connections yeah. to him also died. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, there's, uh, you know. I mean, it does sound very mob-esque of, like, you know, oh, yeah. the threats of, like, not only do we go after you, but we go after your family. We go after someone who bumped into you on the street one day. We go sure. after, like. Hopefully yeah. not after me. I mean, it feels like <laughs> you got a similar last yeah. name. I'm not, you know, I'm not doing investigative reporting here. <laughs> I'm not looking into witnesses. All right. You could be. You could be Don Deborah. Don Deborah. <laughs> Don Deborah was actually making love to a woman, and that was the actual sound of her saying his name during the lovemaking. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they used that for the intro of every report that he went on. He recorded it and likes to just show it off sometimes. I'm gonna have to look up a picture of Don Devereaux to see what kind of like level of stud Don Devereaux was. That's his icebreaker. He just comes in and plays that sound. <laughs> the Don Devereaux. Yep. And he's like, that was recorded during sexual intercourse. <laughs> By me. <laughs> um, yeah, that's. I mean, I can't imagine that he did this to himself. That all these people did this to themselves. You know, it's, it just seems all too connected, and they're like in different places. It's not like all taking place in Tucson, Arizona. So don't launder money because that sounds like it's gonna get you dead. I mean, organized crime. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you're in that lifestyle, that's pretty much what they know. It's coming at some point. It's like Tony Soprano. <gasps> Maybe. <laughs> we'll never know. Yeah. Because uh, those last few seconds were cut off. Woke up this morning. <laughs> Got yourself Got yourself a dinner. <laughs> I remember that show. Yep. And we all remember the Sopranos. <laughs> I'm glad we came together today. Remember the Sopranos. We, we remember Don Devereaux, hotshot, lovemaking, <laughs> investigative reporter, a skirter of death, mm-hmm. and a stealer of skirts. He did. Well, we'll never know. Uh, a drinker of fine whiskey. <laughs> Might have been like a sober, like very family-oriented man. Not with that name. 
Not with a name like Don Devereux. Uh, you gotta live up to that. That's, <laughs> that's drive, already set in stone. You exclusively drive cars with doors that come up on the side instead of going out. That's you right. <laughs> that seems like a Don Devereux. And we remembered Ecclesiastics 12, 1 through 8. It was really, this was all just wanting to. It's one of my favorite Ecclesiastics. Yeah, as, as far as I could. <laughs> as far as, as this episode goes. If I'm ranking Ecclesiastics, <laughs> it is the top notch part of Ecclesiastics. It has Grasshopper. <laughs> it has other things. <laughs> I remember the grasshopper. As long as you remembered the performance. (laughs) That's all that matters. It was read well. I remember that. (laughs) Uh, I'm Robert. I'm Tristan. I'm Colin. And that's that's fun. That was a podcast. That's it. That's one that was in the can. Uh, Stay tuned after this for Don Devereaux and his news report on the stars.